In this week's episode in the Real Guy Podcast, I spend my time with the big Bursa man, Bursa, one of my all-time best friends, and when me and the Bursa man get together, it's often a great adventure. This week, we were with Matt Briggles, who took us python hunting out in the Everglades. Matt is one of the best all-time great python contractors, and has been working with the state of Florida since the very beginning of their programs. This was an epic night, and one that I'll never forget. I hope you guys enjoy the story as much as we did living it. Clear the airwaves. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is the Real Guy Podcast. The, the podcasts that have, you know, the guys that keep coming back. So I got, I got Norm, and I got Busaka, I got Tim O'Connor. Who else have I got? It's a good rotating guest. Con- consecutive Canadian. Oh, yeah, you've had him a couple times. He's starting to go. He's pretty technical. But people like that. People like that. Like, oh, let's... Oh, it's another one with this guy. Yeah. No, it's true. Man. And then I love, like, you know, growing up down here, and, and like, I've fished with Jimmy David multiple times, and Laurel, his daughter, who's, by the way, one of the sickest fishermen I've ever seen. Really? She's amazing. And you watch her fillet a fish, there's not half an ounce left when wow. she's done. Like, Good. she's she's got Skill, talent. Skilled professional. I've, I fished once with David, um, but he hasn't been there in a long time. I think he's, like, Africa or something, fishing for Marlin. Um... But like just hearing these things, like I fished with Benny. I listened to the Benny. <laughs> Benny Blanco. Yeah, I fished with Benny a couple times in Flamingo. Um, funny story about Benny. So my buddy, we brought his son, who's nine, and the kid lives in Breeze fishing. Like if I told him I was here, he'd probably, you know, crap his pants. <laughs> but um, so you know, I'm trying to tell him about fishing, and you know, and, and Benny's obviously really good with kids, and. Uh, like he's like always obsessed when he goes because we were live shrimp fishing um, in the rivers, and he's just obsessed with getting the biggest one every time. I gotta get the biggest shrimp out there. It's gonna get the biggest fish. And I'm like, I'll bet you five bucks right now. And you know, crap talking rights that it doesn't matter. You give me the smallest one, you get the biggest one. I'll pull the biggest fish. This kid does that. He throws that shrimp in. It was 30 seconds, and the rod just. Bends over, I get nothing. He pulls in like a 15-pound black drum, biggest fish he's ever caught in his life. I'm still like, what's going on with this? Dude? I'm shrimping, I'm, you know, not a single thing on there. And he still to this day will not let me live. Every time I see him, he calls me Uncle Matt, and he's like, who catches the bigger fish? I'm like, all right. You're never gonna let you live that down ever. But good, I love it. Good job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Good job. But, but I love it. So anyway, this is after the big, um, the big uh, Python hunt, and uh, welcome to this week's episode of the Real Guy Podcast. I got the world famous Big Bursa Man Bursa in the studio. Yo yo, Bursa and I. I don't know. It seems like every time we get together and do some sort of trip, it's usually epic, and this was definitely that. And then I got Matt Briggle. Yes, sir. Professional, licensed, <laughs> Python yeah. contract killer. That's it. Licensed, got the paperwork and everything. Dude, let me tell you, I was a little butthurt doing the Python hunt. Uh-oh. Well, because, like, you know, I'm sitting up there. I'm, like, got my eyes peeled. I'm up on the truck. I'm thinking to myself, oh, yeah, I can see bonefish and permit and tarpon and shit. I said, I'll be able to pick out one of these pythons like it ain't shit. So I'm living a little bit cocky up there, right? <laughs> and then I see the water moccasin, so then I get a little bit more cocky. 
And then I didn't see nothing else. Everybody else spotted everything. And I wasn't even close to seeing the python. <laughs> so I'm just like, all right, maybe my eyes aren't as good as I thought they were. It's one of those deals that just takes time, man. I mean, I've been doing it since 2016 now, um, both you know on my own before they had the uh, program and then um, with my brother. And then as they've had the program and, and you know, you, you get out there, you start riding, you're watching, you're going 10 miles an hour and you're watching that grass and it just starts to put you in a trance. And you're like, you know, it's like boat motion. When you stop, you're like, I still see the grass going. And most of the time, when you're going, I'll see the python, but it won't register in my head until about 10, 15 yards back. And then I'm like, that was a snake. And then reverse back like what we did and see it. But um, I can't. If we went 25 yards each way from that truck that night, we probably passed 15 snakes. Yeah. Just on either Absolutely. side, like there. Yeah. Um, I just did a, a presentation last night with. Um, I sat through one. I didn't make it. wasn't part of it, but I sat through a USGS um, who they've been doing pythons for twenty years down here, like research and things like that, and just kind of learning about where they want to go, where they want to take programs and things like that. And the telemetry reports for these snakes are basically showing that the majority of the time the snakes are standing still you're catching them at about 10 percent of their life the rest of the time they just sit there right. and wait so you, you, we're catching such a small amount of snakes that are moving that night it's just tough but the thing is there's so many of them that typically you're going to find one that's going to be on the move all right i'm gonna i'm gonna come clean on something up until like just a few years ago where i started seeing a lot of the posts and then people coming out with tv shows and shit I was a non-believer. In the pythons? <laughs> in the whole python thing. Like, yeah, we get on the news and, you know, be in some article somewhere. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's just, you know, it's kind of like them reporting on a hurricane or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure there's a couple out there, but I didn't think. Yeah. I was a non-believer. And uh, going out there, looking for them damn things, if I didn't have you with me, I'd probably still be a non-believer. <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Dude, I didn't see the other thing. That thing was... I had the light all over you when you were about to grab it, and I didn't see that one. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it, it moved. So when we went by, you know, and of course it's like, you know, the one time I get all you guys out there, and all of a sudden my lights on my side oh, don't yeah. work. So that's super annoying. So now normally I have that whole side lit up like a spaceship, but now I've just got a flashlight. Right. And we went by, and I just saw like a black thing on the bottom, and it this the shape. I'm like, that's not a normal shape that you would see in the water right there and when we reverse he had already moved or she had already moved and i saw the end and i just saw a section of the body in between the weeds oh, okay. and i was trying that's what was taking me so long and that's where dave was asking you know right what are you looking at i'm like i'm trying to figure out where the head is because i don't want to grab the wrong end and then i just figured forget it just grab it and pull it and f go from there <laughs> Dude, it's like catching lizards. You just snatch that thing, bam! If you keep moving, they can't focus. But you know, when we stopped, like when that thing zero, it zeroed in on you, and I'm like, oh, oh that's gonna God, be that great. It like <laughs> looked evil. It <laughs> zeroed in on you. Um, well, I said, all right, I'll get the camera out. <laughs> well, <let's laughs> talk, get him, Jeff. Right. So, to, but talk about talk about the setup, like the truck and everything. Like that's custom Python oh, shit. Uh, nice. <laughs> yeah. So, I um. It's all about height. If you can, the higher up you can get, the uh, the better off you are to see down into the grass because you know that 
maybe 20% of the time you're gonna catch them crossing the road and then it's like clear as day. And then one day I hope to show you guys, we call those road stretchers. Right. When they just stretch out across the road and it's a lot different of a, of a rodeo then because they normally will just let you walk right up to them. Um, but I wanted height, but my wife didn't want something, like there's a couple guys who have um, stuff built on their roof. Well, of course, one that limits the crap out of where you can drive now, and that's my everyday truck. Um, so I was like, all right, how do I do build something in the bed that everyone can stand up on, be comfortable? I can put two or three guys in the back and still have a rail system around it where there's a grab bar because I don't want anybody falling off and have my lights on the side. Um, I don't think you need lights in the front. Some guys use them, but it's uh, unnecessary. You're going to see them with your brights if they're in the road. Um, so I went over to um, Jim over at Dolfab, who does T-tops and everything like that, and kind of threw my idea, and I'm like, what do you think we can do? And he's like, well, I got this diamond plate back here. It'll hold 20 guys if you want it to, and I'll put a T-top on it, and we'll bend it to your truck. And I'm like, perfect. Let's do it. And uh, it's like the second person I have them now. Oh, yeah? Yeah, now, I mean, there's probably 20 of them out there, but none of them are quite like what I have um, with regards to like the shape and the T-top. A lot of them are just uh, an aluminum welder made. I'm not a guy who makes T-tops. I mean, you look at mine, you're like, that's a T-top guy who makes that. Yeah, no, it's, it's nice set up. T-top guy. T-top guy. T-top. Yeah. T-top. T-top. T-top truck. But setting up the truck, it was cool. Yeah. And, and being up in the truck, I can't tell you how many times Burris and I looked at each other and was like, oh, this is like marlin fishing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I mean, you're staring at the grass and you're waiting for something to happen. The anticipation comes and goes. You start talking about all sorts of dumb shit. That, the dumb shit we were talking about up there on, on the top of the truck that it's night as we were waiting to, for the big python. That's some of the greatest part about it, I think. is that yeah. Like, that was honestly, with the four of us, that was one of the most fun trips I've had out there. Okay. Um, and it's like you always worry when you take people that you sure, know because yeah. know, you're like, you know, you see it's intimate. Like we're riding around for seven hours you in my truck in at 10 miles an hour. Oh, yeah. You get somebody who's hey, kills pup, pup, you know, one guy took out there. He killed puppies for a living. And I'm like, oh, this guy's going to oh, kill yeah, me later. Oh, yeah. I remember that story. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what do you mean he killed puppies for a living? He worked for animal control. Which I might still do it. And we were just talking. I'm like, what, what is the majority for Day County? And I'm like, what does the majority of your job consist of? And he's like, normally it's just like euthanizing puppies and stuff. And I'm like, I would have skipped that part when I was telling somebody I just met. <laughs> That's what I do. But, so the, the dog killer was freaking out way more than the snakes. Yeah, for sure. It's, uh, you know, you still, every time when you grab it, you're, you know, I get excited. Like Python fever, everyone's sure. got a name for it, the okay. rush and everything like that. But, um, but yeah, sometimes it's just the people that you're like, whoa. Yeah. I've seen some weird stuff out there with, with mostly with people. The animals yeah. don't bother them. The animals are predictable. It's the people that it's worry. It's scary out there. It's a little, it's a little sketchy. Oh, I mean, I well, one time was out seven miles deep um, in the Everglades on a levee road, nowhere where anyone should be walking. All of a sudden, in front of me is somebody in like hoodie sweat jacket walking. walking in the middle of the levee you know he's seen me for a while because i got my brights on so he's right. probably seen me for the last 200 yards doesn't turn around and acknowledge me doesn't do anything doesn't wave like he's injured or in trouble i mean if he did that i may have been a little bit more concerned but to me it was just kind of creepy 
Right. So I rolled up the windows, locked the doors. I'm like, I don't know what this guy just did. Right. And he kind of scooted over a little bit, and I went by and looked in my rear view, and he wasn't waving or anything. And I'm like, see you later. Right. But yeah, people worry me more than anything out there. Yeah, I can well, totally it's, see that. it's it's crazy creepy out there, Matt. Explain to the audience like where we were, or you know, tell them exactly where we were. But Don't it was top. It was top secret. A lot of <laughs> keys, a lot of gates, yeah. a lot of passwords and shit. Yeah. It felt like somewhere between Mission Impossible <laughs> and uh, United, you know, the United Kingdom. We were, but it was kind of. Top secret, should I say? Yeah, so all, you know, not a lot of us have, you know, all the contractors have a key to all the levee roads. Um, anyone can go out there um, during the day, sunrise to sunset, but you know, not everyone can drive out there. And we found that that's the most efficient way to catch the snakes is, is you know, driving on levees, basically searching on levees and covering ground. Um, we were down, started by the Everglades National Park entrance and uh, we worked our way north in you know what you would call the back country in, in frog pond which is you know big secret everyone knows there's snakes down there right um, is it everyone you mean like all 10 uh, of you guys that are like <laughs> so, professional python contractors no there's a hundred there's a hundred contractors and then there's um there's a lot of guys who go out there uh bike riding walking um youtubers go out there but yeah during the day not at night um, what, what kind of a success are they having during the day, though? Some have pretty good success. I mean, just like everything else, you know, don't believe everything you see on YouTube. I've seen some videos, and I'm like, yeah, those guys caught that snake on Tamiami Trail and placed it right there in the middle of, you know, for the video. Right. Because uh, you could just look at it sometimes, and you're like, no, nah, it's not how it works. But um, uh, it's, um, shit. What was that? What was the question? Yeah. <laughs> talking about how friggin' top secret the areas were and uh, the, whole, yeah. the whole, you know, access to everything and then all the checkpoints. Oh, sure. And then you're checking in with the officials and then we have to sign all this fucking paperwork and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I was going to NASA or something. Dude, when I've been that official on anything in a long time. <laughs> well, when yeah, I first started, official. when I first started the, the program, uh, I kind of thought that was ridiculous too. I'm like, man, what right. is all of this stuff that we have to do? Just you know, let us go out and catch snakes. But as time's gone on, and, and like I said, I was uh, you know one of the second groups that was hired of the first original 25. Okay. Um, I started to see why they do it because people are stupid. They do dumb things. They do things that are uh, in the middle of nowhere. It brings out the worst. It people. brings out the worst yeah. in people, and and also you get people that just you know. I haven't seen anyone do it, but I've heard stories. Uh, heard a story of a guy who wasn't a contractor, but he was out there trying to catch snakes in um, the national park. And uh, one of the contractors was catching a snake, and I guess the guy got angry, so he swerved around him. And he ran over a saltwater croc that was in the middle of the road and killed it, you know, and those things are endangered. So it's, you know, um, I luckily, and very proud of. I have zero native road kills because you're driving a lot, but you yeah, always, you, you know, daydream a little bit. Yeah, you could run over. I, I haven't run over a snake that wasn't, you know, right. uh, already dead. Because um, <laughs> there's a lot of roadkill out there too. But uh, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's different. And um, there's you can go out there. People can go out there and remove from certain areas. Um, and partially why we had to go through so many gates is when you get in that area, you've got South Florida Water Management District land. You've got land that's um, managed by FWC. You've got national park land. 
um, which is run by rangers uh, in the National Park Service. And you have to call in to all those people because we're out there essentially with these lights all over the place. And you know, to someone who didn't know any better, it looks like we're spotlighting or illegally hunting or, or there's guys who go out there and um, not con you know, normal people, they go out and they poach uh, native snakes okay. to sell them to pet stores and things like that as a way to do it. There's guys that, um, it's not just pythons are out there. There's <clears throat> veiled chameleons. There's, uh, there's chameleons, right. which is uh, not illegal to own. But what people will do is they're really hard to have breed in captivity. So they'll go to a place where there's a tree line that's blocked by water. So the chameleons are kind of stuck in a certain area, and they'll release two, and let them start breeding, and let them breed, and then they'll come back, and then they'll sell them to pet stores for like two fifty each or something like that. So there's there's all, you know, there's a lot of things that go on out there, and I never realized any of that stuff. I mean, I was just a kid from Miami, went out and enjoyed the outdoors and things like that. And but uh, as you've been in the program, I learned about all these things that people do, and you're like, man, that's kind of messed up. Well, you know, you're you're kind of like the minority now. Oh, for sure. I mean, you're like white cracker from Miami, like old Florida dude. Yep. There's not too many of you guys left. Nope. Not too many blonde-haired, blue-eyed from third, or, well, my grandfather moved to Miami, went to the Navy, and then dental school, and he was the first um, dentist in Coral Gables. And so then my dad grew up down there, and then I grew up there. That's a good way to get some pretty good connections. <laughs> Being the only dentist. Yeah, you know? back in the day. I loved, and that's that's why I love listening to the podcast, man, because I, I start hearing some of those stories from some of those guys about, like, growing up and fishing down there. And think like my dad, used they used to, in the Coral Gables waterway, they would pull out redfish and snook. You know, that then redfish was trash fish. You know, they threw those back and everything like that. I just hear these old stories. I still consider them trash fish. <laughs> <laughs> Pisses off the West Coasters and all yeah. the Chuckalusky freaks. But I'm getting up in the morning going to Chuckalusky. Oh, really? I might even I might even do a little red fishing. Oh, jeez. That's wouldn't be the, bragging about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing I'm impressed about though is Matt. There's a lot of people that claim to be an environmentalist. You are the ultimate environment, you know, environmental friendly guy. Like you're out there in it all the time, and you 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 can see the impact. Oh, uh, and you know. You're, you're, you're doing your part out there, and there's a lot of people that talk the talk, but you're walking the walk. I think it's important, and, and, and we try to do other things out there, too, while we're out there. Like, um, it's the simple things that people don't realize, like mylar balloons, right? You know, we, we joke it's like the second most invasive species in the Everglades. What do you mean mylar balloons? That so mylar balloons that you buy at Party City and right. everything, and everyone has these giant them. parties. Everyone releases them in the sure. air, and they don't think, oh, no one thinks, oh, they either go in the ocean, or what happens is they get over the glades at night, and the air's cooler. So the uh, helium sinks, and then next thing you know, like, I mean, there's been nights we pulled 15, 20, you know, mylar balloons off a levee that's half in the water, half not. You don't know what's going to eat it and stuff like that. But um, That stuff seems very unbiodegradable. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) You know, it's like, you know, we got a plastic and enough things that we don't need everything eating mylar. But, um... No, I, I love it. I love to go out there and learn. That's why, you know, like last night I was saying I wanted to sit to that USGS presentation because I like to hear what they're going to do. Um, they got some crazy plans and, and things that are working. I like to hear about the telemetry of the snakes and where they move. And basically after last night listening to the science from the nat- uh, scientists from the National Park Service and USGS, it's like there is no rhyme or reason still. So the first python 
was discovered in the Everglades in 1979. Whoa. That's the first one that they found crossing the road in Everglades National oh, Park. Wow. So they've been here. So, you know, there's the theory of Andrew um, wiping out a breeding facility in, in Florida City. And that released a lot of, yeah, and that released a lot of snakes. But the snakes were already there um, from the 70s and... Well, they were there before Andrew, if that was... Sure. 1979 was the first one. Yeah. See, I thought... I just thought it came from the pet stores. Because this is where they would import all the snakes, no matter where they came from. No matter which pet store they were coming from. They were coming in Miami, in the port of Fort Lauderdale. And I can remember going as a kid... To these wholesale pet places out and right out there in Southwest Miami, wholesale. you know what I mean? Yeah, because that's where all the that's where all the pet stores would go, and we used to catch black racers and red snakes, uh, red rat snakes, right out by your house by the Riverland. Right. Oh yeah. And then you'd sell them. Yep. To the pet store. Sure. And I can remember going to the wholesalers, and there was fucking animals everywhere. Mm-hmm. A, it, yeah, there was a bunch in cages, and then there was a bunch not in cages. <laughs> Yeah, so I just figured that the few pythons that are out there that I didn't believe in until the other night, you know, came from that. And then I figured the banana boats and everything else to come in, you know, all the other freight, they, you know, they're snakes. They get in little small sure. places and hang out. Well, these ones are, I mean, the Burmese are from Southeast Asia and guaranteed it's the exotic pet trade, like you said, that brought them in. And there was probably a couple. And, and the Hurricane Andrew um, breeding facility that got flattened, I'm sure, helped boost the... the population immensely right. um but how many people bought a snake at you know 40 inches no it's cute and then all of a sudden yeah, it's 14 you. feet and you got to feed it you know your cat to right. get it happy and, right. and they're like now nah, we're gonna let this thing go right it was cute when it was you know five feet mm-hmm. it was oh. so cute when it was eight right. feet and then when it's like 10 feet and it's taking five pound shits right it's not so cute anymore ducks, so you bring them out to the friggin Sawgrass and you let oh, them go. It's sure. Just thing to do. Let's go look, release it. Let it be free. You know, people probably didn't realize what they were doing. Right. No, for sure. That's uh, that's definitely part of it. Is and then you go out there and you'll see so many other things. I mean, in the fishery, you pull up to one of those dams, right? Like that low water crossing that we went oh, through. Oh, that was cool. But if you looked on the sides where the water was, there was plecos. You know, the what do they call them? Really, sailfin catfish or an armored catfish. Oh, yeah, all along the concrete where the you know all of those are from someone dumping their tank. They're those are all invasive species. Every one of them. The invasive species do very well over here. <laughs> they love, it's the, well, South Florida is the inva- we call it the invasive species of the uh, capital of the world. Both humans and animals. Yeah, everyone. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Seventy-five percent of the lizards in South Florida are invasive. Wow. 75 of the species. Where do those curly tails come from? Bahamas. Bahamas. That's why they're called the Bahamian curly tails. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never heard of the Bahamian part. Yeah. I mean, I knew they were the Bahamas, but I didn't know they were official. Yeah, yeah no. And those spiny Mexicans? Those are those are the mean iguanas. So, every, you know, everyone, the, the green iguanas, and those definitely have their problems. But those spinies, like, if you look at their jaw muscle, they'll, they'll eat. It looks like a Komodo dragon. They'll roll, they'll roll down and, and pick up a burrowing owl or, you know, or, or anything. Uh, they're, they're mean. I've seen guys in, on videos trying to catch them, and, like, one guy got bit through a leather glove, and it did some damage, and I was like, wow. I'm stepping up my game with the invasive species. I'm going to target more iguanas since <laughs> right around. You know, I need to get at least five a week. That's always, I got one this week, so I'm doing good. Yeah, no, it's especially, like, you know, we don't have it. We haven't had a cold winter in. Right. It's been a while. 12 a years. while. Right. So they're just everywhere. 
All right, so we got some people out there that are right on the edge of being like, all right, these guys are being might be being cruel to the animals and that kind of thing. <laughs> Tell the audience a little bit about the process, the humane way, way oh, yeah, of killing the uh, python. Because sure. That, that's not a simple thing. No, so what we do is, um, well, most of the contractors do, uh, is um, we catch the python, um, either by tail grabbing or head grabbing it. We bag it up. And we bring it home and the reason we do that is it's just more of a controlled environment um it's a little bit more um i don't want to say convenient safe. but safe. safe to not be out there with trees and things they can grab and because we kill they're very strict like one shot to the head has to be you know humanely euthanized and that's and it's you know over the years at first i was just stoked to be catching pythons over the years i've definitely gained some respect for them um they're generalists they're opportunists but they're resilient like i've seen snakes get run over by big doolies on 41 uh -huh. and just slither away like it was no big deal and i'm like <laughs> turn around and it's gone and i'm like what happened man they're, they're so very humane uh i use something called a captive bolt which is used on large pigs. It's a handheld device. It uses a nine millimeter blank. And when I pull that trigger, it's in, remember that movie, I don't know if you guys ever saw it, No Country for Old Men? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, the guy had the killer. He had, the he had that like, cow prong thing. the cow prong thing yeah. with the air. It's oh, kind of yeah. similar to that, but it uses a nine millimeter and it okay. shoots a prong uh, through the snake's head um, and uh, through the, uh, borrowed yoga block from my wife because I didn't want it <laughs> things expensive I didn't want to start hitting the cement with that I was gonna bust it up <laughs> but um yeah she wasn't happy but she'll be fine um so we do that and then after that just for good measure I do something called pithing which is basically I take a it's like a dental you know speaking of dentists and everything uh, instrument it looks like a dentist instrument, and I put it into the open cavity of the brain now, and I just scramble everything even more um, to make sure that I got the nervous system and it's done. Um, That's pretty Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I know it's. <laughs> it's supposed to be like humane. I, I'm not buying it. Yeah, well, it's it's funny because the um, the you know they just had the Python challenge, and you know when the public goes out there and does it, and the first uh, not this year. But the year before, I volunteered to be at one of the tables okay. to help and answer questions for the public and things like that. And at the Python Challenge? Yeah, right like, like every day they had opportunities to turn in snakes they caught. And then people from all, I mean, the, the people from Kentucky, like people came from all over oh, the wow, place yeah. to, to hunt pythons because sure. they've seen it on TV. And it's some, intriguing. I some don't believe do it. it. Right. It was awesome. Dude showed up with like a crossbow. And I'm like, <laughs> You could do with that, man. You know, I'm like, you gotta hit the thing in the head, and he's like, I'm gonna shoot it with the crossbow, and I'm like, I don't really know if that's gonna work, but I mean, good luck, because there's no way you're gonna hit it in the head. But when I hit it with this um, captive bolt, you can feel immediately the snake goes limp, like the whole thing just goes limp. It's done. I mean, because I don't. It's not just that I put a bolt through its brain. But all of that energy from that nine millimeter, I know it sounds brutal, all of that uh, energy from that blank kind of dissipates into the cavity, into the head. So it, 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 the snake is done. But, and then for good measure, I just make sure that we're, you know, the nervous system's done. Right. See, I, 
I don't know. I, 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 I'm more of the opinion like people should go out there with a machete. When you see the goddamn thing, you cut its head off. But what, people are afraid, like, oh, it's going to turn around and look at himself with his head cut off? Basically, yeah. So that's cruel? Well, it's, it's, like, uh, it's like the old saying, chicken with its head cut off. Um, if you don't destroy the nervous system... Well, he can still get you. Well, he could still bite you. And, and, like, people have been bit by rattlesnakes doing that, cutting oh, the head oh, off yeah. and thinking they're all good. And then they pick up the rattlesnake head and the freaking thing bites them, just the head, because <laughs> the nerves are still going. But the snake will move... For like 45 minutes at least after that without a head just kind of flop because the nerves on that snake are the way they they are i've seen it not by that's something i did but someone asked me you know is this snake dead and then you know it had a hole where they looked like they did it they just didn't have any energy behind it and it just i'm like now we gotta do it you know people take some um i've heard of people using uh not not contractors but other people out there um, collecting snakes or trying to catch pythons they're using like air guns but they'll use like too weak of an air gun BB gun or whatever yeah BB gun's into. not gonna work Doesn't you know it may work on a hatchling that's maybe 30 inches but anything six feet and above it's not gonna work I'm sure they're tough animals those things are... the, some I've seen and I've caught snakes before where it had a scar on the top of its head that looked yeah. like at some point somebody had tried to okay. do something to it now it could have been an animal okay. but it just looked too perfect, and you're like, "What happened here?" You know, somebody tried to whack it, and they didn't, and the thing took off on them. Now, right. what's the biggest snake you've ever got out there yourself? So, the biggest snake I ever caught myself was like somewhere in between 14 and 15. It measured 14, four or something like that. But wow. I had it on ice like for two days before I actually measured it and, okay. and checked it in. So, it probably shrank up a little bit. Now, did you catch that by yourself? You were, I caught that one by myself. Fourteen footer by yourself. Yeah, that's, I caught that one. That's dude, how do you do that? How do you how, explain that one? Like okay, well that one was a little different because uh, you know I was a couple years ago and um, driving by myself because that's like for me that's my you go quiet time. You go by yourself a lot. I love it. Oh, yeah, I, I do. I, you good. find more snakes with more people because more sure. eyes. But that's like my quiet. Like I was saying. I'll go out there and listen to the podcast, you know, and, and, and listen to a couple podcasts and drive around and it's quiet, right. no lights, no people, yeah, you know, and, I'm, you know, and I just I mean, enjoy if you, it. If you think about it, it is water time. It's official water time. Yeah. When you're out there, you're gazing at the glades, you're taking it all in. That's water time. Congratulations. Yeah. And, and you could see, you know, you never know what you're going to see. You know, you was a lot of stuff. That was very interesting. Yeah, the whole night was, was. You know, a lot of animals. Always something that was right around the corner. What was the count, Bursa? Snakes. What uh, do we have? Five moccasins, two rattlesnakes, two rattlesnakes. half a dozen deer, deers, were cool. and a few owls. Mm -hmm. A few owls, and a couple of other birds, but a couple uh, different species of owls too. Now you were saying you don't see the rodents and shit out there anymore. Not, not like we used to. And that's be that's because of the snakes. Oh, for sure. Now, when did you first start going out there? So 2016, I first started going out. That's when you were killing snakes. But mm -hmm. You were going out to the Everglades way before that, right? Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, I grew up going out there. We used to do camping trips out there and, and um, uh, been going out there for a long time, mostly down to Flamingo, but, you know. But you would see the rodents and stuff in the old days. Oh, yeah. You used to, when we were kids, you'd drive down in the morning uh, to get down to the boat marina at Flamingo, and there'd be rabbits everywhere. Uh, you know, on the side of the road. Good luck finding a rabbit in the morning now um, on, on Everglades Main Road. Um, occasionally you'll see maybe a raccoon or a possum. But, like, even uh, some of those places that we go a lot of, that there's a lot of snakes that we catch um, as contractors, 
Someone will post, you know, saw a fox squirrel. Two days later, someone will be like, killed a snake, had a fox squirrel in it. <laughs> you know, like it yeah. does not last. Um, but the the rodents, um, the rodents come and go on the levees with the water too. That plays a big part when when the when like right now the water levels really up, so they're they're up against the levee, so we see more. But um, I used to go when I first started in, in sixteen. We'd go to I'd go to Holy Lands, which at the time probably didn't have that big of a population. But the population up there is um, a lot of snakes were caught there for this past Python challenge a month and a half ago. I don't know how many, but at some point someone said like 45 or something like that. And before you'd see once in a while, you could always find snakes because the water management uh, uses tractors to mow those levees mm -hmm. and the snakes are hiding in the grass. So you'll ride a levee. You may not have caught the snake, but all of a sudden there's a half python on the levee that, you know, the tractor got that day when he went over. So we would see those every once in a while, but I never really caught a lot or saw a lot. Now you start driving around, and I know there's more snakes because back then I'd see possums, rac families of raccoons, right, right, all kinds of rabbits. Now, nope, you don't yeah, see hardly any. So no, we possum. We saw one possum. That was the only small animal that we saw that wasn't a reptile, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like you want to count the birds, but birds really don't count. The um. So so it's it's unanimous. The consensus is. The snakes are moving north, mm -hmm. and the snakes are moving north simply because there are so many of them, and they're eating most of the, sure. the regular prey down south. Oh, absolutely. I saw some photos last night. Um, you say, you know, forget the birds, but what will happen is they'll crush the mammals. So they, they've, they've legitimately taken places that used to have rabbits and foxes, and there's zero. The scientists have figured out, done surveys, no more rabbits and foxes. But they'll remove 90-plus percent of the mammals in an area. And then what they'll do is, once that food source is gone, they'll eat the birds. Like I saw the photo last night, they did a um, stomach content uh, survey. They pulled out a turkey vulture from one of them. Whoa. You know, like a full-size turkey vulture was inside one, of, which is, you know, it's not that it's that big, but it's like, how did he get that? Right. How did he get that turkey vulture who hops around and flies? It just timed it just long. right. To that, get them. He waited for them. That nasty. That <laughs> nasty. Can you imagine eating a turkey vulture? Yeah, guys. This has got to be the world's nastiest. Crap sandwich or something. That thing bit you. Did you get any infection or anything? Oh, yeah. Did you have any teeth? Any teeth in there? Almost lost my hand. This <laughs> is what happened when I got home and everything. And then, uh, no, I was good. I was good. I was... I don't know. That thing bit me, but it wasn't like it did any real damage. You didn't even flick stuff. No. Yeah. That was, pretty, uh, that that was, was, that was amazing to me. Like, you didn't even, like... It, like breathe a, an extra breath you're like i'm like no 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 and then it just latched on you're like all right now what do we do yeah the no 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 the no no i was already in motion i'm like uh, uh i can't go back now no but oh, the, oh, you all right Ooh, don't. Yeah. so, so what, what what was happening was matt over here the python expert killer extraordinary. contractor extraordinaire he was wrestling with the damn with the damn uh python and then i had to run up and and grab it and what happened was i got it about maybe an inch and a half behind its head mm -hmm. and then he turned around and got about half my hand in his mouth but um it really didn't hurt that bad mm -hmm. okay but i was looking at it and i was like damn he's got me 
Right. Yeah. get a hold of you. Well, yeah, we do. The whole, the, 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 yeah, the mouth is as big as my hand. Yeah, the whole mouth. Teeth, I mean, he, his, and the top and the bottom does it have teeth? The top and the bottom? Yeah. So, so it's it, like clamped on you like that. I think it's four in four rows up top and two rows down below. It's a hundred teeth. It's a, and they and the thing is, is they're hooked. They're like, they're like fish hooks because they're, they're yeah. yeah they're made for grabbing and holding so that they can't pull out. Oh, sure. And also they got to pull as they're going over the prey. They got to pull, pull it, it in, pull it back yeah. in. So they're like fish hooks when they pull them in. So that's like um, I've seen guys people get bit and the first reaction is to yoke out. Sure. And that just does Ooh, more damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've been bit a couple times by like snakes, you know, that size. I've luckily not been bit by some big ones. Mm -hmm. I've seen people who have. I saw a photo of a kid from uh, one of the Python challenges. This kid, he was out. At, he he won for for like a um, normal person out there. Okay. Non-contractor. Uh, yeah, non-contractor. He rode his bike. Kid was from New Jersey. Rode his bike. Rode his bike every day. That'd be amateur Python, huh? That's it. That's what it is. Yeah. He rode his bike. Uh, he took off the full week from work. I talked to him. Super nice kid. And, uh, dude, he was on the same levy. He knew, he knew he had done his research online, watched enough YouTube videos to know where everyone was going. Daytime? Yeah, daytime only. Okay. Actually, I didn't see him at night. I don't know. I don't think, I don't think they, were, they were allowed at that time. But this kid was riding every day. On was this On his bike. Well, this is when they used to do the challenge in the winter. Oh. And the thing about the winter is um, you'll see snakes more during the day because if, if we had a cold front. That's for a couple days they'll come out to sun they have right. to get out and get some heat so he dude he was riding every day and i didn't see this happen but i saw a photo of it he grabbed like a 14 footer it was a big snake and the thing went around and bit him in the face that's what i was about yeah and it was like latched over his face and the amount of you know, your face bleeds anyway unbelievably by yeah by himself right? yeah so ballsy. Thing latched onto his face, and I, I saw that photo. I'm like, I do not ever want that to be me. Right? Like, no, no, no. When um, you're catching a snake by yourself, what, what is your technique? Like, if you grab him by the tail like you had him, how are you going to get that snake? So, normally, what I, I, it, it all depends. If I can go and grab him around the head right off the bat, perfect. But it, the thing is, is you get, if you get the head and the tail, now he's got nothing to wrap around you. Sure, so but you got the tail, but how do you get the head? You got to step on his head? So the, I, I wouldn't have stepped on it. Normally you can just, so it's normally you grab him by the tail, you get him out, it's the first reaction. Their first reaction is flight. They want to get away. Right. Especially the the under 14 footers. Okay. Um, they're like, what's going on? Because they're the biggest, baddest thing around. Nothing's messed with them for a while. So that you can just walk up to them. You know, they, they don't dart. Um, and... It depends. If I can grab the head right off the bat, perfect. We'll get the head. If I can't see it because it's under a bush or it's in the water and some weeds or something, grab it by the tail. Okay. Pull it out to where I can see it, straighten it, and in, in an area preferably where I can move around. Um, a couple times I've been in, like, brush and bush. In fact, one of the worst cuts up, um, times I got cut up, it was not the snake that I was wrestling. It was, like, a 10-footer. But it was the freaking thorny bush I was in that was, like, ripping my arms up. I came out, it looked like... I got in a fight with a, a bobcat or something. I was all torn up, and I was bleeding everywhere. And I'm like, the snake never bit me once. It was just the freaking bushes. But um, so I pull it out to a place where I can move around and see what's sure. going on. And then um, they'll do flight at first, normally. Some of the other ones may do fight first, but normally it's flight. And then once they realize they're not getting away from you, then they turn on you. And then they try to bite you a couple times. And once they figure that's not going to work, because you figure a snake can bite half of its body size so six footer can get three feet etc but if i'm holding its tail up and it's only got 
put the F. Yeah, on the ground, it's not going to bite that far. Now, it'll try to come up, but the bigger ones, they're too heavy. They can't right. just come all the way up. So you just wiggle them around like I was doing, like he starts at home in, and I'm like, nope, you know, face the other way. And, and then they'll go back to flight. And normally when they go back to flight, they're going against you, and you just okay. snatch them by the head. Okay. Well, it seems to me it's a little bit like fishing. Like the bigger fish are actually easier to handle when you get them up next to the boat and it's time to hold them and that kind of thing. You get that smaller fish that's, you know. A little spunkier. Yeah, a little spunkier, a little slimier, a little quicker, you know, a little less to grab a hold of, right. you know. So I could see, you know, that kind of being relative between the two things. Sure. The um, I would have took some bitch, like, <laughs> like helicopter on <laughs> my head, you know, like, like slammed on the ground, stunned him a little bit, yeah. and then pounced on him. Yeah. I mean, that probably... That's in your main. That's borderline in your main. It's funny. Uh, That's contractor talk right there. Yeah, it was borderline uh, not allowed. But um, crossbow know, guy would have loved it. Oh, the crossbow guy would have been all over <laughs> trying to something. shoot him with a crossbow from the water, bow hunting him. Um, but uh, it, it's it's interesting because um, he said, you know, been bit a couple times, and and uh, it's always because I got cocky. Oh, yeah. Like, or one time it was it was like a seven or eight footer, and it was, um, you know, you'll catch them crossing Tamiami Trail. They they're, they go across the trail, uh, across Forty One, and um, that road scares the crap out of me, uh, especially at night. I'm either gonna, you know, it's one of the roads where I, I don't play around. I don't like to survey that road, um, just because you got two sections. You got guys heading west that have been at the Mikasuki Casino all night and you know they're 20 deep and then they're rolling down 41 with no light you know right. It, right. or you got west to east and you got the semi truck driver who's been rolling you know oh, he's tired and he's been driving all night and next thing you know he's coming by you and it's dark yeah. uh, we wear um reflective vests and stuff when we're on the road but I really don't like it so this thing was crossing the road and I could see the truck coming and I try to grab it as fast as I can and now why wouldn't you just run him over not humane, not, not, okay. not humane one. Uh, can't, can't turn the snake <laughs> in, in like head, that. right? <laughs> yeah, can't turn the snake in like that. Okay. And you'd be surprised, man. Those things, like I said, they, they'll, they'll, they're off, like they'll, you said. they'll get run over and, and keep going. And keep going. They um, can take a punch. I, I've met a couple uh, FWC officers out there, the law enforcement guys. And it's interesting because, you know, you have, the, you have the law enforcement guys and then you got the biologists. There's okay. two different departments. <laughs> a lot of the law enforcement guys that I've seen, um, especially the, like, um, up at uh, Holiday Park one night, there was two of them, and they were new, and they'd never even seen one, or like seen a python ever. Really? And they're like, "Did you get one?" I'm like, "Yeah, I got one." And they're like, "Can, can we see?" I'm like, eh. "I mean, it's kind of breaking the rules, but I guess it's you guys, so I mean, who are you? Right. I'm gonna sure. get your name, <laughs> you know." <laughs> but um, most of those guys haven't even seen one, or they'll run one over, and they'll turn around to go look at oh. it, and it's gone. So unless you're looking for yeah. them. We were looking for him. We couldn't see him. Like yep. you got to, you have to have a trained eye for that. Oh, for sure. My, my buddy Drew is, you know, with the FWC. He's oh, yeah. been a half a dozen times. He hasn't seen one. And after seeing like you know that eagle eye that you had to see one, I can see, see why. Oh, it's tough. Yeah, well, you know, it's we drove past the whole shitload. I'm sure. Oh, absolutely. There, there was some right off the break in the bushes, and we just never we saw them. It. It's all timing. Yeah. It's the right place and the right time. You know, sometimes you get on some of these levees that are are more popular where a lot of snakes are caught. And you know, people go different speeds. People are looking at things at different speeds, and, and you'll get somebody who's right on your tail. And there's some etiquette out there that people tend to forget. There's a little bit of egos sometimes out there, you know. 
I'm sure. Um, There's some spot stealing going on out there. Definitely some spot stealing going on. A lot of blurred photos. A lot of blurred photos with the pyth holding pythons. Now, I could tell when we saw some lights like out in the distance or whatever, it's kind of like my little pit bull. Like your hair went up on your back and shit. You're like, who's this guy out here? Yeah. And then the one guy that you didn't recognize ended up being your buddy. Yeah. Yeah, he got a new truck. Yeah, he got a new truck. Normally, he's in a Jeep. Uh, that's one. Uh, it's a guy named uh, Tom Acock. Solid dude. Just retired from the military, and uh, he runs a program with another guy named Tom Rayhill called the Swamp Apes, and they take out um, veterans. That's mostly like I think he told us he had like three Marines in the in the truck with him that night. That's all they do is they take out. That's, yeah, that's cool. But those guys, they'll do some hardcore trips. Um, I, I've run them to them during the day. I'm like, well, you know, what'd you guys do today? And they'll they'll go bushwhacking. I go bushwhacking in the winter. What's that? What uh, like you get out of your truck and you say, um, you look at a map and say, I'm going to go to that island and you go through, you know, knee deep water yeah. and, and marsh and go out to an island because you have a good feeling that there might be some snakes out there. And they'll they'll march out there all day, um, beating bushes and getting out to those places in the summer. And I'm like, nope, that's got to kick your ass. I'm not, you know, those guys, got, you know, they're they're up there and they're I'm not going to guess their age, but, it, you know, they're above 60s and. uh They'll beat those bushes all day in that heat, or they'll canoe. Um, I've canoed a couple times. Um, sometimes it's worked out amazing. Other times, it's like we've canoed at night one night. Um, canoed at night oh. with lights off the side, kind of like the truck. That was one of the more creepier times where I was like, all right, I'm a little scared of the animals now. Because you'll see like an eight-foot gator in front of you. And the canal we were in was probably only four or five feet deep. So he would just sink. And you right. can see the bubbles, and I'm like, we're going to go right over him, huh? You know? <laughs> and uh, the, one of the other guys I go with, he's a bigger dude, too, so it's not, you know, rolling around in a 17-foot canoe with you know, 500 pounds of dude and whatever else we got going on. I'm like, this thing's going to knock us over, and we're going to be screwed. I just told him. I, I knew I could swim past faster than the guy I was with, so I'm like, I'm good. Well, anytime you, you know, get on the water, it adds a whole another element of, you know. Sure. Let's just say more shit can happen. Right. Oh. You know, when you're out there in a canoe or a boat or something like that. Now, that's something we didn't see that night was uh, we didn't see no airboats out there frog gigging. Mm -mm. We didn't see no boats out there in the grass trying to look for snakes. Only a few pickup trucks. Mm -hmm. And um, we didn't see much. It was nice to be out there in the middle of nowhere with nobody around. It was. Yeah. I, we swore you were lost. <laughs> At that when we turned after we got the snake right. and we turned around because I realized I couldn't get through that second gate because it was electric. Um, I was lost for a second there, and I'm like, I mean, I knew that if we kept heading in this direction, I was going to hit this one road, and that would take me back to the pump station to turn around. But for a minute, I'm like, yeah, I don't know, what, how is that guy over there, and how do I get there? <laughs> you know, he's like cut through road for a second. That that was definitely legit. But then I, once we hit that main road, I'm like, I know where we are. Um, and that's the other thing about spotting them, like. You start going to the same levees over and over, and literally you'll start recognizing the trees, and you'll, be, you'll the branches that are down and things like that. You'll take a new person, they'll be like, you know, ten feet in front of them, like I think it's no. They're like, no, that's a branch. I saw it last week. You know, like you just memorize these things, that's and right. then you can find the things that stick out to you. Right. You know what stuck out to me, and like I knew that the water was all managed out there, but you want to naturally think that maybe 50% of it's managed or 30% of it's been no the whole fucking state yep is under water management mm -hmm. and when you drive out there for miles and miles and hours and hours on the levees that we're managing the water with 
you realize that there isn't a fucking piece to the state that we don't manage the water. Oh, no, absolutely not. Yeah, those guys, and, and um, you can, you know, depending on what they're going to prep for, it, it, you start to learn it after a while in certain areas, like that low water crossing. I've been there on a Friday night, and it was like that where it was dry. Right. And then I'd been out there two nights later, and they had pumped the water in, and the water was, you know, up to my tires. Which is fine. As long as I know what we're going over, I'm comfortable with it. You can see, it, still see the road there, though? You can still see the, the, the concrete road it, in there. Okay. You call that a high water crossing? Low water crossing. Low water crossing. So the low water crossing basically is like a sidewalk in the middle of the fucking Everglades yeah. yep. with nothing Slope. but sawgrass and swamp on both sides of you. And then you're taking the truck and you're just rolling down the sidewalk. Yeah. You know, because you say that, and you got to realize most of the most of the fools listening to this podcast, they don't, you know, no, they don't get true. a chance to get out there. They don't know what that means. And I didn't know that those things were out there right, no. until we drove across them, and that was fucking cool. That was cool. <laughs> that I, mean, was we, cool. I mean, literally, we were like a half inch above the waterline. Yeah. As we're rolling across the middle of nowhere for miles. No, that right. was that was. One of the coolest parts. You, you wouldn't think that that's out there, and then all of a sudden there's yeah, you know, a whole concrete. I'm terrified out there, but like, hey, Jeff, let's go out drive around and see if we find a snake. You got out there, we didn't know what we were doing. I, I'd be worried. But, I mean, <laughs> Matt's trained professional over here. Uh, I went, we've been, I've been at one of those where the water was high on the outside, and uh, it was me and another buddy. Um, and, uh, you know, I sometimes if I haven't been to the spot, I'll get out with a spotlight and try to check the depth or, you know, kind of walk in there a little bit, see what the bottom's like. Cause okay. There's no cell phone in some of those places. Like you get stuck, you're you're, you're done. You got to walk out till you get phone service and call another contractor in and, the dark. Or, or the the um, FWC office and say, hey, I need some someone to come out here and help me. Does that ever happen? Where you guys got to go on a search to freaking rescue one of your fellow Python contractors? Not that I've heard of, right. but doesn't mean it hasn't happened because they tend to be a little um, hush, hush 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 about things like that. I do know that if you don't check out, you know, we check in oh, and out. Oh, slow down. So if one of these if one of these Python contractors is a damn fool. You guys keep that hush hush. Well, we don't. We just don't hear about it. We don't. Come on. <laughs> they do. The contractors don't really talk. Well, first of all, you're not going to be that guy who's going to be like, "Yeah, that was me. I got stuck." You know, like you're going to keep it to your cool because you don't want to be that guy. But uh, the stuck guy in the middle of the swamp that had to walk out, you know, looks like he's got Danung fever now and everything else from the mosquitoes. But um, sometimes you don't hear stories, so they're like, uh, speaking of boating, one dude. Uh, I heard a story the other day about guys bought a John boat, kind of trying to do um, go island hopping. Okay. <laughs> a little bit of new boaters, I guess. How open? Didn't put the drain plug in. <laughs> got halfway out, sank the John boat, swam back on their coolers. That's, that's, one, that's one way to do it. <laughs> so yeah, there's the, you know, but you don't hear those stories until it's like right. way later, and everyone's okay with. Eh, it was so and so. All right, with weeding out the. Well, we used to try That's to hide it. the stories like that at the boat ramp, but then Hull Over and Black Point and these places like that, there was just no more hiding it. It was actually turned into someone entertainment. So, like, I'll call it right now. 20 years from now, you guys will sit back on the levees and be like, oh, watch this guy try to get a python, <laughs> just like we do down at the fucking boat ramps. Yeah. As he goes off and gets stuck or rolled over, I heard one story of a kid uh, who was a contractor, and he was kind of new, and uh, actually it was that guy... Um, Tom that we saw out there, he rolled up and this kid was out there in a Honda. A Honda, yeah, like a Civic or something. Yeah, and he'd gone off. Uh, off he was watching the snake and not watching the levee. 
and he'd rolled off the levee down a ramp. You, you know, you're not going up that. I don't know what the degree of that that levee is, but <laughs> he rolled off of it. To. Yeah, Tom had to bail him out of that one. Um, yeah, but they should be letting nobody out there in Honda Civics in the first place. No, like Dude, how guys he, on a bike. Right. I mean, come on. Did, I mean, like, all right, so you show up to get the key or whatever in a Honda Civic, like, you're disqualified. <laughs> I don't know. Matt was first starting. You know, he might, all he had is a Honda Civic. He's like, well, I got to go out there. Well, no, back then when I what started. What you use in the beginning? Oh, we, well, we weren't allowed to drive back there, so it was all walking and biking. When you first started? But it was during the day. Okay. Uh, oh, no, when I first started as a yeah. contractor or when like, I first started going out there? Like when, you were a contractor. Uh, when I was a contractor, I had the truck. You had I, the I, truck. I, I, okay, I, you yeah, 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 I got, I got the truck, yeah. I wouldn't go out there in anything other than a truck, than a truck honestly. Either. There's no way. Because um, it's just, there's too many opportunities for something. You don't pay attention for two seconds or uh, I've seen some, you know, you know, oh look, there's a big hog family, and all of a sudden you're yeah. off in the in the moral, and you're not you're not getting Matt, out. I felt safe with you the whole time. Thank I mean, you. I you appreciate are, it. Or true, true professional out there. I mean, you, dude, you're a real guy when it comes to snake hunting. <laughs> I mean, I don't know another one. I mean, you know a couple, but the, Jeff don't know another snake guys. You, that was that was badass. It was I've, a very I've, good experience. I've heard about these snake guys. Right. <laughs> you know, I've heard on other podcasts, and I snake seen guys. I seen shit on TV. But you know what they say. Don't believe what you see on the internet, right. Right. which is the only ones that I saw. And then TV, you know how that goes. So you're the only one that I've ever really met that was a licensed snake contractor. And then for you to actually be able to do it and everything is pretty good. Because I've met a whole lot of motherfuckers that are like FWC and all that. Let me tell you an FWC story. I had an FWC officer stop me. And he looked in my live well. And I had about 30 nice mullet in my life. Well, I was actually sporting the piss out of my mullet. I was expecting a compliment from the FWC officer, like, Jesus Christ, dude, nice. Instead, he said to me, geez, I didn't know you could catch friggin' tarpon on muttons. <laughs> Sounds about right. Right? That's FWC. That's now, those are the fools are out there with you. No, normally it's uh, no. We said that kind of like I hope not. Well, the it depends because you know you get the um, the science side versus the law enforcement, and, and you know okay. in fairness to some of those law to the law enforcement guys, it's a lot of stuff for them to know, um, and uh, it's tough uh, I think for some of them sometimes, and I feel bad for them because um, you know there's only a couple of them to cover an area. Like you look at. Everglades National Park. It's a, you know, this you know goes back to pythons and how many and everything. There's a million and a half acres of you know just just Everglades National Park. Then you've got the wildlife management areas. You've got all of this land, and these guys are you know trying to watch all of that That's at the same time. And it's like hey, you can't do it. There's like four of them working on you know Dade County on a night. I, f I feel bad for them because they 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 do they do scramble and they do a good job, but. I could definitely see where sometimes um, they may not know all the different species uh, right. and stuff. You know, listen, I was blown away by that rattlesnake that we saw. With I, the no tail? Or with the rattle. And then I, I asked around and, and, and did a little research and asked some old timers. And they're like, yeah, so on those bigger ones, they'll break off. And they won't get another one until they shed again. But, I mean, wow. that was probably one of the bigger eastern diamondbacks i've ever seen out really? there yeah that okay. was a huge snake and then the fact that it had you know no uh, rattle i'm like man they're out here breeding 
you know, you're worried about super Burmese. I'm worried about the super rattlesnakes you're breeding out here with, you know, no tail. But that was just, it just, it must have broken off. But they're still poisonous without a tail, right? Oh, for sure. But right. it, it, interestingly enough, the rattlesnakes, it, it, the bigger ones, you have to worry less about than the smaller ones. The smaller ones will actually get you harder than the, than the bigger ones because they, the, something about regulating how much venom and, and everything like that. I was always told that 90% of the rattlesnake bites came from pygmy rattlesnakes. Like very rarely do you get bit by a timber or a diamondback, but those little pygmy rattlesnakes are the ones that get everybody. Yeah, because everyone thinks they're like a, a baby, you know, gray racer or something like that, because that's what they look like. And they're like, oh, you know, I'm going to go down and grab it. And the next thing you know, it's a pygmy. Um, you walk right up to those rattlesnakes. You weren't worried about them, like, going after us? or like? I mean, There's even the moccasins. Like, you know, it's kind of a myth that, you know, they'll, they'll run you down. Yeah, they won't run you down. He's they're a scared. professional snake contractor. <laughs> I'm just trying to understand them. I mean, I understand. Yeah. They'll, they'll, now, the moccasins do over the rattlesnakes and stuff. The rock, moccasins stand their ground. And you saw those couple. They, they yeah. curled up, and they're like, you want to see my teeth? Here they are. You know, and they call me Cottonmouth for a reason. Right. But um, the rattlesnakes that I've ever seen out there, they're, they're normally really passive. Um, I don't know what that big one's eating, because there's no way that there's a good mammal source out there. Eating frog. Maybe. But I heard a lot of frogs when I was out there. Oh, for sure. And then I heard this other thing out there. I was like, oh, that's a coot. Mm-hmm. Was that right? Mm-hmm. Those were coots I was just... Yeah. Yeah, I thought you were full of shit. Yeah. I was, no, I was no. like, all right, he's just talking coot over here. Oh, <laughs> I got to But sure enough, coots are out there. I wasn't so positive, but I a was coot like... coot is what, a mammal? I was just rolling. It's a bird. A frog? It's a bird. It's a bird. A bird. A bird. So it's the, that little black bird with the red um, nose. Was that the thing making the noise out there? Well, a lot of that was frogs. Oh, it's but frogs. But, you know, and then sometimes you'll, you know, when you're driving out there with the lights, you get, you know great blue herons and stuff like that they don't really appreciate getting blown up on a craziest animal you've seen out there other than you know snakes and everything uh, i mean you didn't expect to see any chupacabras no no chupacabras hopefully <laughs> hopefully although on that one road i was telling you that creepy the super first road we went on i wouldn't be surprised if there's some chupacabras out there skunk ape um, some capes. No, I. Th- I've you know it's mostly what we saw: a deer, pig. I've never seen um, a Florida panther um, yeah, out there. Cool. A panther would be awesome. That would. Be, I could go out for three days and not catch a snake, but if I see a panther, that's going to make my day. Um, yeah. I saw something at one point. I was pretty sure it was a black bear, but it was kind of a. I can't verify it because uh, sometimes some of those pigs in some of the areas are just as big. I mean, it, it's crazy. Well, um, and the pigs tear up things just as bad i mean they're brutal to the uh to the pythons eat the pigs at all or so the pigs, pigs eat, the pigs what? eat the pythons uh pigs eat the pythons? yeah the, oh, the, wow. they'll eat the smaller ones um the pigs will eat the the bigger pogs will eat the pythons the, but the python will eat the panther yep and, and the python the bigger python will eat the uh the, at one point on one of the levees uh we all were joking it was a sow and like nine piglets and then three days later a sow and six piglets, you know, and it just kept down. Now it's just that sow, you know, like they just all go away. Yeah. But um, if they get a hold of like a five or six footer, though, they'll, they'll definitely eat it um, if they get a chance. Uh, but the pythons will then turn on, you know, it's everything else. Same thing with gators. The pythons eat the baby gators, but then when the gators get big enough, you get a 12 foot gator, it's gonna, in fact, I've seen it when it's cold uh, during the winter. Um, rolled up and there was a gator, and he probably, I don't know what was the original size, but he probably had. The thing torn in half, and there was eight feet of python in the oh, wow. in his mouth, and he's just looking at us like, 
check out what I got, boys. <laughs> like, it was it was pretty cool. But um, but he was a big gator. Um, Are we making any progress against the Python infestation? So with this program and what's going on? So there's two programs, right? There's the FWC's program and there's South Florida Water Management. Okay. Between those two programs, they've pulled over since the program started seven thousand snakes. Um, it's good. Yeah. It's it's like lion fish and everything else. You're not. We're not going to beat it this way. But what you can do is try to keep the population down. You know, you get the online keyboard warriors and jockeys always talking crap about, you know, we're not making a dent. This is all publicity and stuff like that. And I'm like, what would you rather do? Sit around and do nothing? Because we don't have any other sure. alternatives right now. Least, I mean. um, National Park Service has a sick uh, program where they, they use what's called Judas snakes. So they'll get like a, a seven-foot male that's a breeder. Okay. They'll tag it wait till breeding season and they breed in balls so one female will attract anywhere i, I don't i've never run into one i would love to because that would be complete chaos <laughs> but you get you know females are normally bigger so it's you know say you got a 12 foot female and then you might have six to ten males, males around her now not wow. on top of her but in that general area because she's letting off pheromones and they're trying to do right. what every dude's trying to do drawing so you know drawing them in so and then they'll tag one male Follow them. Follow them till they get, you know, and they'll just keep checking on them. And then all of a sudden it'll be a spot. A spot. Then they'll pick up the female and all the other males. And then they let that snake go again. It's and like he dream it does the same thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Poor guy's always chasing, never getting, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, uh, but yeah, they, that's, um, that program's really good. I heard last night that they're, they're working on the idea of messing with the genome of, um, taking males and making them so that this is way beyond me science wise or where i'll ever be but um making it so they can only breed other males so you slowly start oh, wow. to take the females out of the population and then you just got a bunch of males oh now that's fucked up you want to talk about inhumane yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? that's fucked up the all right so multiple times when we were out there that night um, you'd mentioned the media, PR, mm -hmm. and that's like a major concern with the organizations that are trying to eliminate the freaking pythons. Sure, you guys are jumping through hoops to try to pacify what a bunch of greenies in Washington. A little bit of everything, I think. Um, some of the guys have been when it first started were kind of attacked uh, by by um, people who said we should leave the snakes alone. You know, and, and just let them be there out there already. And because, I mean, you know, we call them invasive, but and the reason they're invasive is because they have breeding populations and, and they're part of the environment now. But you're talking about snakes that, you know, from 1979, 42 years, they've been out there at least. Right. Um, but those same people, you know, uh, oh, it's so inhumane that you killed the snake. Oh, it's so beautiful, everything like that. Look, I don't like killing the snake. That That's why I make sure that I kill it humanely. Um, but they don't know or see what these animals do to an area to everything else and they don't you know if there was one giant magic farm in you know the sky that we could send all the burmese to and they would never escape and they would live a happy life most of the people would be you know sure go for it because really it's you know it's not noah's ark no it's not you got it, it, it they're 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 wiping everything out and uh, you, you don't, you know, sometimes the media spins things the way they want to spin it. Right. And uh, so you just got to be careful with 
how they do it. I mean, there's some there's some of the contractors they love the media. You know, they they you know catch a snake and they're letting the media know. I I just like to stay under the radar. Yeah, you mentioned that a few times. It, it bugs you, huh? It's just funny to me. Like it's like you know. Go ahead. They're not listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny to me how how people you know some people just love the love that media that media hype and, and, and the things they say and I'm just like uh, you know it's not um, it, it's uh, it's difficult to spot and things like that but catching the python you know you guys saw anyone could really do it, it it's not you, you do it a couple times you learn the rhythm you learn the moves and then you're like alright I got this down right, you know, it's not bonefish on fly no it's not <laughs> bonefish on fly right it's 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 not that you know it's it's it, you're still just catching a snake it's just a really big snake now listen you I, I've never caught one but I've heard some stories of how these guys catch the 18 footers and things like that right. in fact the state record um, <laughs> funny enough me and another contractor were in my truck, and the guys who got the state record right now, I let them go in front of us. Oh, they're good guys. I have no ill will, you know, whatsoever about it. But they were just coming in. I'd already been in. They were trying to do the right thing, juke past us, and I'm like, "Hey, go, go." We saw him like two hours later, just giant smile on his face, and I'm like, "What?" And he's like, "Dude, we got a big one." And he had the state records: 18, 18 feet nine inches. I think it was wow. like 168 pounds or something like that. So that dude snaked you. <laughs> <laughs> Unintentionally, though, he didn't do it on purpose. He didn't do it on purpose. <laughs> but yeah, man, the, the the just the way the you know, it's funny because I. I think this is the case. Um, I noticed there's a lot of uh, a lot of YouTube fishermen, um, some of the younger guys, and they'll have like their fishing stuff, and then all of a sudden it's like a Python video. And I almost want to say, from what I've seen, it's like because when you have people love the Python stories, it's it's exciting to them and everything like that. So these guys will put on a Python show in the middle of their fishing, you know, series. Uh, every once in a while, and everyone loves the Python stories, um, but nobody, you know, there's not a lot of people who, who focus a lot on the science. Uh, like, I wish uh, some of the media would focus more on like what these scientists are doing and try to figure out because it's a real challenge. Well, the, yeah, and the public just thinks, oh, you know, either they say, you know, it's a publicity stunt to have contractors, or they're like, you know, why don't they just go out there and catch them all? And it's like, you know, like what you said, it's like you, you go out there for days and you could pass 50 12 footers right you know within 10 feet of you would not see them uh it's it you know it's cliche but it's a needle in a stack man it's not easy you got to catch them at the right time in the right place when they're moving i saw it and um i know it's just there's a lot of science behind it and you know lionfish and everything although i've been hearing people that have been snorkeling off at least pompano and stuff where they used to see lionfish and a couple reefs in boca they're not seeing them as much anymore like maybe people are going around Spearing them and and getting rid of them at least around here. We the probably the sewage probably killed them. <laughs> the cyanobacteria wiped them out. Like they came onto the Florida reefs and they're like, "Are we kidding me? I'm, I'm swimming back to the Bahamas. We're dumping sewage all over us over here." <laughs> These guys really don't like their environment. I'm going back over. But yeah, no, it's um, and it, that, and that was nice spending the whole night out there. I didn't smell sewage one time. Mm-mm. Hardly any yeah. pollution. But the one one thing that. Um, and after being out there and everything, I'm kind of on the on the same page. Is you really don't want a bunch of licensed snake contractors out there drinking a bunch of beers and stuff. Oh no, no, it's not the place. It's not the time. It could be dangerous. No. And then 
the little bit of trash that we do, that we did see, it was beer cans. Oh yeah, there's a yeah. You know, I I, I get the policy because you know. Um, it makes sense to me. Yeah. You you don't want people out there getting boozed up and you know because you. Get, well, especially if you're a contractor, you're working. You're well, like, yeah, you're, 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 you're getting, yeah, you're getting paid by the state, and that's right. why, you know, we don't, we don't do it on, on, on my thing. But those guys and most of those beer bottles and cans that you see are the guys that go out at night and do, like, the illegal ATVing or during the day and stuff like oh. that. Because you can keep a truck at those gates from getting out, but those guys on the ATVs and the dirt bikes, they just go oh, right around that gate, and they're, they're back there right. all day. And I've seen those guys out there a ton. Uh, and I've seen no at night and during the day, oh, wow. and I've seen the FWC out there trying to get them, but good luck. You know what I'm saying? You're you're in, you're in a tundra. Those guys are in a you know ATV. They're going to go wherever they want. And I've also seen what those guys can do. I've been out to a couple places in in um, some far. Well, actually, right by where we were, and we were walking. We were we we're doing a foot um, path, and we we're trying to find a snake and out there and. All of a sudden, I mean, I heard clear as day, it was an AR-15, and it sounded like it was really close. Because they'll go out there, and they'll just blast guns. Sure. And it's like, dude, well, <laughs> you know, like, you don't, he didn't know where I was, and I didn't know where he was, so I don't know if he's shooting at me or, or what's going on. But that that kind of stuff, you know, you hear out there, and you're like, but the, I've seen it before, those guys roll by you with, you know, 12-packs and stuff. And the thing is, is like, it's when, you know, when I was younger, that's, I used to, do that kind of stuff and it was a lot of fun but i never threw it on the ground like what kind of a jerk off no, like, you know it's like hey our, let's go out and enjoy the wildlife and then it's throw our trash here too while we're at it like you're just a scumbag That's well you get the blatant scumbag blatant. that leaves the trash out there and then i'm sure there's 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 guys out there that are drinking beers or whatever that are riding around in the trucks and one of them falls out mm. and then you know they don't know where it went or didn't realize it fall out and then another guy goes by but it was true that when we were out there, the little bit of trash that we did see, they were beer cans. Oh, yeah. And after being out there in the dark and everything, I understand why that's a no-no out there. And, you know, I think that's probably a pretty good idea not to go out there and get fucking hammered. And then if you were to go out there and get hammered, I would probably... It definitely wouldn't be beer. I'd probably do moonshine or <laughs> some sort of whiskey. Swamp water. Some sort of whiskey. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? But, you know, the redneck's trying to get the redneck away from his Budweiser. It's a, it's a big deal. <laughs> or in, down there where we were, I saw a lot of Modelo. <laughs> <laughs> yep, a lot of it down there. But yeah. um, Listen, I want to uh, thank you. Oh. Because going out there was a pleasure. Oh, I loved it. And it was a great time. It, yeah, it's a night I'll never, I'll never forget. And then actually getting a snake there at the end, pulling him out in the ninth. You know, with the last batter, because I don't know if the audience realizes it or not. We drove around for about five hours, mm -hmm. and thank God there was some other stuff to look at, some other snakes, right. and some wildlife, and everything that got us through the five hours. But we were on the last few minutes. I mean, literally, oh, we yeah. could see the we, gate we were leaving. Yeah. When you saw that snake, yeah. So to pull out the snake, you know, at the bottom of the ninth <laughs> like that, that was strong. Oh, that was, yeah. That was impressive. Right? And then wrestling the son of a bitch and then getting bit and everything. <laughs> oh, dude. It didn't happen any better. Yeah, no. dude, it was exciting. It was, it was a dream come true, and I just wanted to take the time to thank oh, you no. because I'll never forget that night. And then another episode with the big person, man. I mean, him and I have done some epic things in the, what are we going, 25 years now? A long time. We've been doing stuff, yeah. Yeah. yeah and this, was, um, this was right up there with all of them. I mean, this was... 
a six-hour cruise through nowhere. It was, it was another world. I, I loved it. Oh, that, that, listen, like I said, man, the, the the four of us, like that was great conversation. It was just, it was a good time, man. And and that it's like, well, you know, part of what it's about is, you know, you go out there, it's you're experience. outdoors, and you're experiencing new things. And I loved it, you guys. Anytime we'll go out and you know, and listen, they were making fun of us for going back early <laughs> yeah. with, with an eight footer. Yeah, with an eight footer, you know, he's like one thirty. What are you talking about, man? And and he was out till seven. Wow. Yeah, out till seven that night. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's retired. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't have kids. And, no. You know, not doing trips the next day. So no. God bless him, and I wish him all the luck. <laughs> but us getting home at four o'clock in the morning, you know, that wasn't bad. Uh, no, it, for, for where we were, we were way out there. Yeah, that was did not did not bother me one bit. I was extremely comfortable in the middle of the fucking Everglades oh, in the middle the of the night. Was unbelievable! It, it wasn't hot. Bugs were too bugs bad. Bugs weren't too bad. Yeah, we're we're riding in class. This, the moccasins are looking up at us like, man, check out Homeboy Snake Tower. <laughs> what if we get like a leany post back there or something? Else? That you know, <laughs> uh, the the other contractor I go, he puts a, a folding chair back there. Okay. Yeah, he puts a folding right. chair back there and sits up there and do the way. Just sits, you know, because like you said, you five, a lot of hours back five there. six hours was, standing up a on a, time, but a metal platform starts to do a right. number on you. Well, is there anything you want the audience to know that I didn't get into that you think is important? Um, don't release your pets or your aquarium animals into the environment because, uh, <laughs> you know, 10, yeah, 10 years, 20 years down the road, it causes big problems for our natives. And we got enough problems for natives around here. We don't need any more. But other than that, man, nah. Run that dog. Run that dog. Run that dog. Bursa, thanks for coming in tonight. Thanks for having me. Epic snake hunting trip with Matt Briggles. <laughs> it's amazing. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, was, that was no, really happy to do it. really good. The champion snake contractor of South Florida. And Live. Yeah, and don't let any of those Julio's fucking you out there. Oh, <laughs> nah. No, no, no. You better run.